0: Hello and welcome to BU Review Service. This week we are revisiting WandaVision. This is a spoiler-filled episode, so if you haven't watched yet, get out of here and come back later. I'm dropping out this week, but you're in good hands. Your panelists will be Sierra Sorrentino, Haley Paraday, and Luciana Sesta. We hope you enjoy it.
1: All right, guys. Where should we begin? (laughs) probably
2: best to actually talk about episode eight since it was like almost a direct tie-in
1: more than more so than the other episodes yeah Yeah, that makes sense yeah I feel like at least for me episode eight was very informational I feel like maybe it's just because I have a bit of Marvel knowledge background but I felt like they could have maybe spread it out a little bit better. I felt like it was kind of an informational dump. It was necessary, but I just felt like it was a lot all at once. I don't know if that's just because of the limited episode time and they only had, you know, nine episodes to do this, but mm-hmm. that that's what I was kind of thinking about it. It was probably my least favorite episode, but it did kind of set the scene for the final one really well.
0: Yeah, I, I liked how it went into... Agatha's story and the the Salem bit and that was that was um, kind of interesting although what I would say is that I think the whole Salem witch thing is kind of overplayed that happens a lot in TV and in movies.
2: I personally have not read the comics all my knowledge of the comics literally comes from people talking about it online and as far as I'm aware I don't think there's a direct Salem tie-in with Agatha, but I actually kind of like the Salem uh, variation because it wasn't the stereotypical witch hunt because it was, it was kind of like a witch on witch hunt sort of situation which was unusual. And I did like oh, how they put that at the very beginning of the episode instead of just shoehorning it in later because it would have felt extremely weirdly placed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I I, Agatha was probably like the best villain I've seen in a long time. Catherine Hahn did such an amazing job. She really is deserving all of the praise she's finally getting after all these years. Um, the one, pr- the one problem that I did have was I feel like they didn't elaborate enough on her history or my question was how did she get to Westview, you know? She was obviously like putting on the the phoniness the whole time. She knew what was going on. She knew about Wanda, all of that stuff. I would like to know kind of how she got there or what drew her there. Was it just an accident? That kind of thing? But I am a fan of Salem witch hunts. I, I went to Salem and I did like a night tour and all of that stuff, so <laughs> I love that kind of thing. But um, I just wish they kind of had the chance to elaborate a little bit more with her. That would have made me feel like um, a little bit better with it, I think.
2: Yeah, that was my whole big issue is there's sort of a gap for her character and it even seems like the very beginning of the episodes you don't see her being the villain character in the background like there's absolutely nothing it sort of starts coming up I'd say probably around the episode with Sparky because you see it's like strange she's not reacting the same way but it's like it just seems a tad bit inconsistent although out uh, the entire show my absolute favorite moment was it was Agatha all along <laughs> favorite moment hands down <laughs>
1: yeah I listened to I found it on uh, Spotify somebody put the song as a podcast so you could listen to it on there and it was like it was the best thing ever to put that in it was awesome
0: it's great the, the song was literally the high point of the series um, I really enjoyed the fact that that character had a, a musical accompaniment that that was pretty cool I mean if, if I were a character in a tv show or in a movie I would want like a musical accompaniment that would be great, but uh, Agatha as a character, I think, is uh, she was great. Catherine Hahn, she did a wonderful job with Agatha. She she did the like the quote unquote nosy neighbor thing very well, and then when she became the witch, she just she was stunning. She kind of embodied like the the traditional like w- witch character very well, and she brought her own to it. And I thought she just did a really, really good job.
2: It was very seamless, the transition from her just being like that weird nosy neighbor to like the villain. It just flowed really well, considering a lot of times in other movies I see this, it just it doesn't flow, it doesn't seem natural. But yet she still remains this very likable character, like villain character in Marvel, which every other villain that I've seen in like the movies, I'm just like, I'm not a fan. The one exception is in Thor what's it Thor Ragnarok no it was Thor Dark World I can't remember her name but it was like the sister character like was it Hella? oh Hella, yeah,
1: like, yeah. she was yeah.
2: yeah she was likable but in a different way a lot of other villains I'm just like I just don't like you it's like you're like okay you have motives like whatever <laughs> Agatha just was this very likable character even if we don't like her intentions are clear after the ninth episode but it's still a little bit vague and you're like okay like nothing that you'd be like oh 100% bored of these motives but she just still remains very likable
0: I I really like how she kind of exposes Wanda's I wouldn't want to say hypocrisy but maybe Wanda's cruelty during the uh the, the finale and I mean she herself is is cruel but she kind of the way that she transformed all those transformed all those people back into like their own mind and had, had them like all gang up on, on Wanda. I thought that was a like a huge moment for the show where Wanda started to realize she finally just started to get it. I, I also really, really, really like that Wanda is not good and also not bad. There's a very human side to her because she experienced loss she she lost vision um, lost her um, brother Pietro as well and then just feels alone and then creates this whole world for herself kind of inadvertently bringing all these people in who didn't want to be there holding people against their will but her her motives are very very understandable I think.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. Um, I was talking to um, my dad about the show actually and I we were like, yeah, she's like an anti-hero, you know? Um, we kind of compared her to Deadpool in a way because we they both have their faults, you know? <laughs> they both make mistakes, um, totally understandable. Both have tragic backstories but there's just something that you can kind of see yourself in with these characters because they've made mistakes out of pure grief and out of loss. And that's something that a lot of people can relate to. And I feel like that moment where she, where Agatha made Wanda kind of see the damage was so necessary. I just feel like overall it kind of, especially towards the end of the episode where everything's, you know, quote unquote, back to normal. It kind of fell a little flat for me. I wish she just put her hood on and she walked, you know, just solemnly through and didn't, she felt the stares of everybody, but didn't really address them. She only really addressed Monica and talked to Monica about it. And I feel like they kind of deserved an apology collectively for putting them through this trauma and their own kind of mental warfare. I feel like she just kind of glazed over that, or maybe was just too wrapped up in her own brain, but I, I really wish the townspeople would have gotten something rather than just Monica and Monica was like oh they'll never know the sacrifices that you made for them and I kind of sat back and I was like what sacrifices you know like Wanda created all of this for herself and she just didn't take into account the people's lives and their children and their significant others and everything like that like yeah she lost them but they, they If anything, I feel like the townspeople sacrificed more. So that kind of threw me off a little bit personally. Yeah, I just I feel like that was something that needed to be more in the foreground, I guess.
0: I, I remember this scene um, a bit earlier in the series where the town people the townspeople on the outer edges of Westview, instead of having like the regular life, were just repeating actions because Wanda wasn't able to control those people to a full extent. She was only able to like do the repetitive things. Like there was a woman who was hanging laundry on her clothesline. And uh, as she was doing that, there was a tear coming down her, her face. And I thought that was really poignant. I thought that was really, that was kind of one of the first uh, indications that things were very, very wrong. I mean, there, there were other indications before that too but like that that was just very very powerful to me and I kind of like felt sympathetic for the townspeople and I was like Wanda I I kind of want to like you but you're also causing a lot of suffering so I'm I'm sorry I kind of don't like you right now
2: yeah it's like that was one of those scenes that really fed into the one theory that I kept seeing online I was really fond of it was that there wouldn't be like a villain at the end it would just be Wanda's grief over this causing all all that which would be like huge for the MCU because it's always focused on external conflicts instead of someone's like grief and obviously through the story of the MCU they've gone through like severe grief recently with the last movie so just to have that moment it would have been like extremely just like wonderful just to have that sort of representation but then it's like they still kind of had that thread even with Agatha being more so the villain at the end but I kind of wish they went a tad bit more in the direction of the grief just to emphasize it.
1: Yeah I think that was something that WandaVision kind of did really well was actually acknowledge the inner thoughts and the inner uh, like emotions of the characters because we mostly just get you know the Marvel movies which are action and we do have conflicts but those conflicts are resolved really quickly or they're kind of superficial in a way, just because they don't have enough time to kind of do a deep dive into all that. And so I really appreciated her this show just kind of really focusing on what's going on with her, why she's so upset and all of that. And I hope that kind of carries on and not only like the Disney plus shows, but also in in like the whole phase four, it kind of made me really excited. I was after phase three, I was like, oh, you know, RIP, I'm not, (laughs) I'm not going to like Marvel as much, but I'm now completely hooked again. And I haven't been this hooked since I think Avengers. So this is kind of really exciting. Yeah, full
2: confession for me, this really got me into it, which I actually didn't start watching the MCU movies and like really into it until just before Infinity War came out. I ended up reading a bunch of spoilers for Infinity War instead of watching it. And then that summer, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna watch all these, which i had seen, like the Avengers, I think, roughly when it first came out. But I didn't get into it and then later I got into this so this is like my first time like watching something and being like you know like I really like this Like I'm really into this now which I feel like if you're watching this just for the first time without seeing any of the MCU movies it this could get you into it granted you do need some context but I feel like just in how society is now we generally have enough context at this point even if you're not a big fan
0: I mean for for me I uh I have, have watched a number of um, MCU movies in the past, but I think this series got me back into it. As I was watching the series, there were things that uh, popped up that I wanted to know more about. So I went back to watch Captain America Civil War, Age of Ultron, um, Infinity War, Endgame. And now I also wanna rewatch like all of the um, non-Avengers MCU movies. So I think that's definitely going to take up a lot of my time for the next few weeks. I have a lot of work to do, but I also have a lot of watching to do.
1: Yeah, I feel like another movie they really made me kind of look at in a different light is Doctor Strange. I watched it, of course, but I like it wasn't my top faves, but they made all these crazy, awesome connections to that. And it kind of made so much sense about just Wanda as a person and her powers and it there's so many possible connections to the multiverse of madness that's supposed to come out soon and I feel like they did a really good job just kind of connecting all these different MCU aspects to WandaVision which is really cool.
2: Yeah like looking at it now it it seems like yes you did need this connection to connect those two characters more because I don't think they'd even really met in Endgame besides, like, just being on the same battlefield. Like, that was the connection. I mean, you could see somewhat resemblance, but up until seeing this, we didn't see, like, why these two characters are important to this movie. And we needed that.
0: So what do you two think of all the theories that there were online about a possible X-Men, like, bringing X-Men into the MCU? There was there were there were there was a lot of theorizing because the Pietro that we saw in one division was the Quicksilver from the original um, X Men movies. So what did you two think of of that?
1: I immediately when I saw Evan Peters, I was like, oh my god, no way! Like I was just so excited because he played you know Quicksilver for the X Men movies, and. I first, I didn't think too much of it. I thought maybe it was just like a fun Easter egg for us, or maybe they couldn't get Aaron Johnson Taylor or the other, the other Pietro from the MCU. I was like, oh, you know, maybe he was busy. So they got Evan Peters. This is really cool. And then I was like, wait, you know, I would love a connection between that, like something deep, something that we can kind of see progress. And I don't know, I was kind of bummed out. It was kind of like, and like the writers were like, "Oh, gotcha." Because at the and the last episode, it really it had nothing to do with the X-Men universe. It was just like, "Oh, you know, he's this spoiler alert. He's this random kid from Westview who just kind of got lumped up into all of this." It's it there was nothing and I was like, "Oh, you know, the possibilities were endless for that and they kind of just fell flat on it." But um I was excited maybe they'll do that in um falcon winter soldier maybe
0: i i don't know the next doctor strange movie seems like a prime place to like insert the x-men back into the marvel universe but i i'm not sure if they're going to do it i mean i i love x-men but I, i i don't think the the current mcu writers are really going to want to drag everything back in even though they recently gained the rights to the X-Men properties. So it's totally possible for that to happen, but I don't know if it's going to happen. I think they want to pave their own pave their own way, make their own story and not get held down by, by X-Men movies from like 15 years ago.
2: I actually have a slight theory of how they could still do it based off of a bunch of things I've seen online. So full disclaimer here, I haven't seen any of the X-Men movies. The closest I've seen is the two Deadpool movies. That's basically my knowledge here. I'm just whatever I see online. So I remember initially when we had Pietro show up, people were like, oh, he's from a different reality, like sort of bringing that in. But then if you're watching in the last episode, we find out that that's not his real name. He has this other name. I can't remember what his name was at the end, but it was just a really fake sounding name. And back uh, in episode one, it was said by James Wu that there was this guy in Westview who was under the witness protection program. So I've seen theories to where people are like, it could be him from a different reality and he's under the witness protection program for this. Which does seem relatively plausible for me. And then this only added to it because at the very end in the actual end credit scene we have, I can't remember which one of the two kids it was, but it was like calling out for Wanda. And I'm like, oh, what if it's just from a different reality and you bring it in that way? But we would still need that sort of explanation for how this version of Pietro got into the MCU we know. That's the one thing that I think is just missing that could explain that.
1: That's an interesting theory. I was, cause I was like, I was watching a bunch of, a bunch of like, series recaps on it last night and they I was kind of bummed that they didn't kind of bring up who was he looking for witness protection that kind of thing so that would make a lot of sense actually that would be something I'd be interested to see pan out because I was kind of bummed that they just were like oh yeah you know James was here for a witness protection and then they never address it ever again (laughs) but yeah no that's 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 really cool
2: I had actually completely forgotten about that story thread until I saw this. And as soon as I saw it, I'm like, you're right. That would explain it because it makes sense. Like you just have this guy randomly appearing and you don't know what to do. And just based off the logic we've seen MCU, it makes sense to put them in like a witness protection program because they're trying to figure something out, but they don't want the information to get out. That would be clever.
1: That would be, cause at first I thought, Oh, it was a total um, Agatha thing. Like she just, sprouted him out kind of how uh Wanda did vision but yeah no that would make a lot more a lot more sense actually
2: because it was established that the like house they were in it wasn't Agatha's house it was this guy's house that was like I think almost literally said word for word by Monica in the one scene where she discovers what his name is
0: yeah with the address
2: Mm-hmm. I wish I could remember what his name was cuz it was one of those names it totally sounds like something that you're making a joke of. It was like, um
1: Ralph Ralph Boner? Yeah. It? Oh <laughs> Ralph, my god. Ralph Boner, Ralph Bonner. I don't they they pronounced it both ways and I was like, "You're kidding." That's another thing where I felt like the writers were just doing like, a, "Oh, got you." Like you thought this was going to be something something bigger, but it's a joke, like that kind of thing.
2: Yeah I saw people mentioning stuff like oh this could totally be something that this version of Quicksilver would make up based off his characterization but I'm not super familiar with it so I don't know that end but it's like that could make sense just make it like super apparent.
1: Yeah and I what did you guys think of the two like the post credit and the end credit scene what were your thoughts on that?
0: So I love that we're going to see more of Monica because I think that's. Totally obvious from that end credit scene. I'm excited. I really want to see where they take her character.
2: Yeah, I actually, when we were watching it and Monica gets taken into the theater, my brain immediately went, I'm like, I'm getting Iron Man bi- and, and credit vibes. And I'm like, where's Nick Fury? When's he going to come out? And I was just like literally waiting for that and he didn't appear. So I was like, at first I was like, no, Nick Fury. But then it was yeah. revealed that it was a scroll. I'm like, Oh wait, that's right, Nick Fury. It's like supposedly, um, like that storyline with like the scrolls up in what was it like a space station or something mm-hmm. that we haven't found out more information about since. Can't remember which movie that was with Captain Marvel, maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was Spider-Man? It was um. We saw Nick Fury up with the scrolls in space in like a in the uh, Spider-Man Far From Home, end credit scene. And I was when right when I saw the scroll's face, I was like, no way. Like, yes, she's gonna see my man Nick. I'm so excited. Um, but yeah, yeah, same with like you, Luciano. I was really, I was really pumped that they actually kind of added like gave Monica more of a storyline and a more depth storyline. And I'm so excited to see what else she's gonna be in, cause they obviously we know she has powers now but we don't know and she doesn't know the extent to them so I would love to see her journey with that and kind of um compare and contrast that with her with Wanda's journey when she got her own powers I'd like to see how she reacts so that that would be really cool so what do you guys think of the second end credit scene I my roommate and I were like no way when we saw that there was like she was floating and playing and like learning the runes and everything. I had to watch um I had to watch like a video cuz at first I was like how are there two of her? <laughs> you know, uh, but that's just cuz I was slipping on my Doctor Strange knowledge. <laughs> but um I think it really it really sets up um Doctor Strange uh, multiverse of madness really well hearing her kids like call out to her was like, just kind of a little bit of a shock. um, Because you kind of at first you just assume they're gone like vision is gone, but they did like they did come from her so they're they're part, I I guess human, not sure. but. one of the one of the videos i was watching i think it was from the channel cinema blend he he's like multiverse of madness is an acronym for mom they're calling out for wanda so wanda is going to be in that new doctor strange movie and i was like that seems like a stretch but i'm following you exactly and i am great point so i'm excited for the next doctor strange actually
0: I think Elizabeth Olsen uh, is confirmed cast in in the new uh, Doctor Strange movie so I think something's gonna happen and yeah um, both her her children and Vision are kind of part of her because Vision Vision is inside her because she has part of the mind stone in her from when she was exposed to it so I, I really don't know how they're going to explain that necessarily. I think that needs a bit more elaboration. I thought the Mind Stone was like a physical thing, but now it's kind of like a spiritual thing too. I have no clue. I know that her a lot of her powers were imbued onto her by the Mind Stone, and they were also kind of hinting at the idea that her powers may have just been like brought out by the Mind Stone and that she had been born a witch I don't know I'm I'm still kind of confused
2: yeah I think the whole concept of her being born a witch would explain like the one small thing that's always been weird and it's like oh yes there is a stark like bomb and just didn't go off for two days like when we saw that scene in episode eight, I'm like, that kind of explains that like maybe just had like some latent powers and then Mindstone just like made her the Scarlet Witch because they said the Scarlet Witch isn't born, but made. Which that's an interesting thing because then it could be like, well, anyone could have been and it just happened to be Wanda like the right place, right time
1: sort of situation. Another Hmm. thing that was kind of confusing to me was the white vision. And, and, and like, I'm gonna call him for all intensive purposes, Fission, the other one that Wanda created. <laughs> they were fighting and I was trying so hard to kind of figure out how they're gonna, how the white vision is gonna kind of, what his future is gonna be like. Cause Vision, it looked like he transmitted all of his memories to the one that was basically purely made to be like weaponized and have all this knowledge. So now is like that white vision going to be eventually the old vision or is he his own rogue thing? I, I don't know. What were you guys thinking about that?
0: Well, the mission that he was given was to destroy the vision. And because the vision that was created by Wanda convinced him that he was the real vision, maybe he just destroyed himself. But I think all we see is that he just flew off. Like I I don't I don't know. Maybe he eventually will become the real vision. And maybe Wanda and the White Vision will like get together again. I mean, that would be great. That would be amazing. They were such a, a great couple, but I, I'm honestly not sure.
2: I got the impression that it's like because if I remember right I think it wasn't like vision that Wanda created like gave him the memories it was kind of like taking the block off of the memories that were in the white vision but like they were sealed so it's kind of like he recalled it and based off that it seemed like his behavior then changed so he wasn't as locked on the I must kill the vision task he was given but I almost get the impression we're kind of gonna get this soul searching thing with him like I don't think he's gonna die right away but just like figure out who he is because he seemed rather conflicted and sort of am I the vision or am I this new thing created by Hayward
1: yeah I and what kind of kind of implemented that was just the super emotional super sad like goodbye that Wanda and Vision had towards the end where he's like who who knows what I'll be next that kind of was great and I just want to say like The writers on this show did such a good job like writing about their bond, their relationship, their feelings for each other because I haven't been hit that hard with a character goodbye since Captain America First Avenger when Steve was going down and they were talking about their what if date. Like I haven't been hit that hard since then. And that was just a beautifully written dialogue of a we'll see each other again. We'll say hello again. That was just. That was great. That was a great moment, I think. Yeah, the ending was definitely just a punch in the gut.
2: <laughs> and it's like you yeah. see this scene right before with the kids. And it's like they're tucking them in. And I'm like, I'm sitting here hoping not to cry because I know I have class a little after I was watching this episode. And I'm like, don't lose it. Just don't lose it. But then the writers did a really good job, especially the last like two episodes of certain lines that just stick out. Like I can quote some of them because they just out so much to me especially the one line for episode eight that's like what is grief if not love persisting which i'm sorry that's just that's just beautiful (laughs)
1: yeah i I got chills when you said that (laughs) (laughs) i just hope that we see more of this um in the actual movie mcu universe too because um that just emotional connection between characters is just unmatched over action sometimes. And that kind of makes you feel more and that kind of resolves conflicts more. And um, I'm really excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier. I don't know if you guys are gonna watch, but I'm pumped. I hope that kind of bleeds. I know it won't necessarily bleed in the same way since it's probably gonna be a bromance kind of vibes, (laughs) but I hope they do kind of keep like the human factors of the characters as a highlight too.
0: I I definitely will be watching it. Um, I just saw the trailer, actually a few minutes before I got on the uh, the podcast. I am gonna be watching it. Um, I kind of have a, a soft spot for for like broy action, but like not really. Like I, there's a part of me that kind of hates it, but there's also a part of me that's kind of like, I can like turn my brain off and like watch this if that makes sense. Versus WandaVision, I didn't, I couldn't turn my brain off because there was so much happening. I I think WandaVision might be the most, like, intellectually satisfying part of the MCU thus far, thus far. Again, I really liked all the TV history. We didn't really get to see much of that, like, in the last half of the season, the last part, the, the last episode we really saw the, um, TV thing was I want to say like episode seven which was the modern fa- family vibes that was great that was personally like my favorite I liked how she was kind of flustered and there were all these things like changing around her and I I, I felt that I am Wanda in that episode like if, if I were like constructing a whole alternate reality and I was having a bad day that would be me
1: yeah I think Oh, it's so hard to pick which decade slash sitcom they did was my favorite. They just really knocked it out of the park with all of their parallels and even the acting styles. Elizabeth Olsen better get an Emmy. Katherine Hahn better get an Emmy. That's all I got to say because the, the way that they were able to switch their styles throughout the decades and throughout each different moment was just awesome. Paul Bettany too. He, he was the funniest, I think in episode seven where he's sitting yeah. right outside that little um, circus car trailer thing. He yes.
2: smashed it. Now, episode seven probably was my favorite just stylistically because it's like, yeah, you can see the mashup of like modern family mixed the office a little bit with those cutscenes, And I was just living for the whole Darcy and Vision in this ice cream chuck plot line <laughs> to where I was waiting the entire last episode, I'm like, where's Darcy? Where's Darcy? And then she appears yeah. just like one line. I'm like, that was glorious. I do wish you had a little more time, but that was just great, Darcy.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I love that she was the one to kind of smash Hayward. Loved that part. I but yeah, I felt the same. I wanted more of her. Like her just snarky comments really just kind of aid the show in such a great way but there I want to see maybe this is too extreme I want to see a spinoff of Darcy and Vision them on like a road trip that <laughs> that would be so funny I feel like they kind of have a weird but good comedic chemistry
2: I remember seeing at the end of I think it was episode four where people were like they wanted Darcy and James Woo spin-off. and I am still here for this they were just these characters, like just their relationship, which is great, like it bordered chaos at times, but like supportive chaos. Yes. It was great and I'm here for this. I, I just need this.
0: It would be great if they had like a show together where they were like investigating supernatural things or just like investigating apparitions in reality or something like that. But kind I, of in I,
2: like the slapstick kind of comedy way. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. Marvel, there's your pitch.
1: (laughs) It'd be an MCU men in black mix. I love that. I feel like um, one more thing that I want to say is I just, I'm just so, I just have to re-say this. I'm so excited for phase four and for Black Widow's movie. I feel like they're doing a great, great rebranding of the MCU through this show. And it's probably one of the most creative, intellectual things I've watched, especially on, as a television show in a long, long time. So I can see myself re-watching this really soon.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm here for the direction that they seem to be going. Cause I've, I've always been the fan of the more types of shows where you have to think a little bit more, but that sort of thing, movies like that, I'm all for, I'm all for that. That's like the only slight problem I have sometimes with Marvel cause it's too action-based. And I'm like, no give me some of that other conflict, give me some like dark characters, like I'm all here for that. Mm-hmm. So I'm really just interested to see how that goes. And I'm also interested to see how the vibe change we're gonna get from division to just, um. oh great, I'm blanking on the name of it, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, that's mm-hmm. the name of the show correct? I'm just very interested in that because I'm getting almost counseling vibes from that, like one scene in the trailer. So it's gonna be completely different, but I think it's gonna be really good. <laughs>
0: I'm just going to say this now, I really want more Spider-Man, more Peter Parker. He is so funny. The idea of like this this young teenage Spider-Man just coming in and like not understanding anything and just like randomly appearing in places. If I ever see New York in a Marvel movie, I'm going to automatically assume that Peter Parker is just going to appear out of nowhere.
2: I, I do look yeah. the chaos that is Peter yeah. Parker and MCU. I'm all about that. Like I wish we did have sort of another hero that kind of had the same vibe, just like pure chaotic. Like, I don't know, like referencing memes or something that just kind of represents like younger people who are watching this. I, I just, I need this in my life.
0: I think, I think, I don't know, the perfect like deadbeat millennial character is Star-Lord.
1: Love him. I love Guardians of the Galaxy so much. Yeah,
2: it's like they're so dumb, but they're so relatable, and I I love them all. So I'm really yeah. excited for the third third movie that's coming out in Phase
1: Four. I think. Yeah, and their soundtrack is awesome all the time, always. I do. I agree with you guys. Chaotic characters just make the best content, and they somehow weasel their way out of it, and it's so entertaining to see them get out of their own mistakes that way do you think I know this said like series finale but some people are like will they try and do a season two like what what do you guys think I feel
2: like that they kind of can't like at least under the same WandaVision name because it won't have the same sort of setup they'd have to do a separate tv show but it could be like closely related but I don't think like you really want a season two because I feel like the only way it'd, it'd fit right is almost like you have another west view and you really don't want to go into that mc like it, just, it gets really bad really quickly
0: mm-hmm. i i personally really want agatha to come back she made the series she really did yeah.
1: an, an agatha spinoff
0: would be amazing like
1: like an origin story i'm i'm here for that because we like we said earlier we didn't get enough of it so um, Disney Plus, Marvel, thank you so much for listening to this. We would really appreciate Ag- an Agatha spinoff. Thank you. Yeah,
2: just like elaborate on the time of like what happened when basically she killed all of her to like getting to Westview, just like fill that in. And also why she wanted to kill the coven. Like that's the thing that's so unclear to me, like what happened? I need to know. Yeah. And like if you can just add some musical numbers in that, like... It was Agatha all along. Just please, please do that.
0: Thanks for checking out BU Review Service. We'll be back next week with another episode on what's latest in streaming. Have a great week.